the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. Now, your host, Pastor Rick. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I heard on the radio rumors of war, people getting ready for battle, and there may be just one more. I heard about an earthquake and the toll it took away. These are the signs of the times we're in today. Matthew 24 is knocking at the door and there can't be too much more to come to pass. Matthew 24 is knocking at the door and today or one day more could be the last the great bear from the northland has risen from his sleep and the army ranks in red are near 200 million deep the young and old now prophesy a coming prince of peace And last night I dreamed of lightning in the east. Matthew 24 is knocking at the door And there can't be too much more to come to pass. Matthew 24 is knocking at the door (laughs) And today or one day more Matthew 24. Matthew 24, starting in verse 4, says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel... Standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee from the mountain. 
Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that you might, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Folks, when we look at the world today, that passage that the Lord told us about, I can't imagine any other time in history where that passage speaks to us. Not just the wars and the rumors of wars. There was a thing that came up on my, a meme that came up on my Facebook, I can't call it a meme, a recording, about the 10 crises that we need to pay attention to today. And all of them involved wars. Right below that, somebody else sent me a, a video about all the famine that's happening in Africa and in other nations today and how it's the worst hit famine in a lot of areas in, in the remembrance of any time. Take a look at this own nation where lawlessness abounds, where we give credit and praise those who riot and break windows, where we try to take away the power of the police to protect the people and defund them so the people can run amok in complete hysteria. Look at the hate we have in the world today towards each other over ideals. Look at the hate Christians face just for being a Christian and, and stating that they follow Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, I think it's here. We look at times of morals in this nation, a poll recently taken that 80% of the people in this nation believe that morals have declined substantially. I don't know where the other 20% of the people are hiding at or what they're seeing because morals in this country have gone to hell. And we have to recognize that. I am Pastor Richard Dietering. This is Moment of Clarity. And in the meantime, I have this great producer sitting on the other side of the glass and across the town from me. <laughs> Derek, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Great. What do we have as far as curling news? Give me some good news because today's subject is kind of deep. Any curling news out there? Yeah, there is some to report on. This is this may sound dirty, but it's not. The the Sex Smith Curling Club has been named Curling Alberta's Club of the Year. Yeah, and, and in Sex Smith, and that's the name of a city. So you're right; it's not dirty. It's it's uh, it's the name of an area. Uh, great, they got a club coming. Appreciate it. Since we are here on sports, why don't we go to a moment on sports? Good afternoon and welcome to this Moment on Sports. My name is Derek Stone. Tomorrow, August 16th, will mark the 90th anniversary of the birth of legendary pro football Hall of Famer Frank Gifford, 
who passed away at the age of 84 back in 2015. And I have a little audio clip here to play about his legendary football career. For nearly half a century, the history of the NFL and the life of Frank Gifford were intertwined. While most fans remember his many seasons as the rock-steady anchor of Monday Night Football, it was as a player that he first stepped into the spotlight. Gifford was a kind of image of what ordinary American men would have wanted to have been. All-American guy, good-looking guy, everything seemed to work. He seemed to carry himself gracefully. Oh, I wish I could have been Frank Gifford is his feeling. The New York Giants number 16 was the leading man of pro football's most glamorous franchise. But success for this superstar was never easy. And his journey to the Hall of Fame in 1977 amazed even him. I was a depression baby in the 30s. My father was out of work more than he was in work. We lived in 47 different towns. Well, that wasn't hard because some days uh, we'd moved twice. Dad was looking for work. He was a, a roughneck in the oil fields. There were many times that we, we slept in the truck. In high school, Frank finally found his home and a mentor on the football field. Homer Beatty. He never got off my back. Made me believe in myself. I was majoring in woodshop and flunking that. And he came to me when I was uh, going into my junior year and said, look, you can be different. You don't have to be somebody who goes into the oil fields. He was the difference in my life. Motivated by Homer Beatty, Gifford gained a scholarship to the University of Southern California, where the six foot one, 195 pounder played both offense and defense and was named an All-American his senior year. To help pay the bills, he worked part-time as a movie actor. So when the Giants made him their number one pick, that media spotlight was a little too bright for his new teammates. We had a bunch of Southerners who were playing, a bunch of military guys who had come out of the war, and these are guys who had shot and killed people. And here I come in, and I was the number one draft pick, and I was married to a beauty queen, and uh, on the cover of all these magazines, and yeah, they, did, they didn't like me at all. But I set out really to win the, the respect of the guys I cared about. And I think one of the proudest things I am about my career in pro football was gaining the respect of the players. Gifford earned the respect of his teammates by performing as one of the game's most complete players. The number one draft pick intercepts Graham. And watch him go for 55 yards. In his 12 seasons, Gifford went to the Pro Bowl seven times at three different positions. Defensive back, halfback, and wide receiver. Working with Vince Lombardi, the Giants offensive coach, Gifford harnessed his versatility to perfect the halfback option. Gifford leaps and crossfires a touchdown pass to Bob Schnelker. It was a play that would help him earn league MVP in 1956 as he led the team to the NFL championship. But in 1960, Gifford's career hit a wall when the Eagles' Chuck Bednarik knocked him out of the game and people questioned if he would ever return. It was a nightmare for me because I really honestly felt I just had kind of given up on myself. 
And it boiled down to whether or not I think they were going to keep me. And I'd never been in that situation in my life. But you know, it was sort of like, look, you've never given up on anything before. I don't give up on this. And I didn't. A year later, in 1962, Gifford was named Comeback Player of the Year and with the team won two consecutive conference titles before his final game. One of professional football's all-time greats, the late Frank Gifford. Gone, but certainly not forgotten. And I certainly will never forget his legendary broadcasting career as a member of the Monday Night Football broadcasting crew, along with Al Michaels and University of Michigan football legend Dan Deerdorf. That's my moment on sports. Pastor Rick, take it away. Thank you, Derek. Okay. Uh, now, I know we, before we went into moment on sports, I read Matthew 24, at least part of it, and uh, it sounds dark and gloomy, but guess what? If you keep reading, there is great news, because in that, we have the true return of Jesus Christ, and uh, so amen to that. But what we're going to be talking about today is just looking at this nation and finding out if Matthew 24 is, as Johnny Cash puts it, is it really knocking at the door? So joining me in this conversation today are my co-hosts, uh, my lovely wife, Gaylene. How you doing, Gaylene? I'm all right, and I'm glad to be here and talking about this important subject. And Ed, how you doing, Ed? I'm just fine. If uh, I was doing any better, never mind. <laughs> don't don't you take my line. You're just doing good, right? <laughs> All right. And Brother Phil. How you good doing, afternoon. brother? Good afternoon. I am uh, doing terrific. Before we get knee deep into this conversation, there's something that broke in the news uh, this week. Well, a few things over the last few weeks. I just have to make mention just to uh, to make a point of the coming election. There has been an indictment on the uh, Russian FISA case. Hmm. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, yep. they actually arrested the, the first the first FBI agent who admitted to lying on the FISA on the FISA warrants uh, in the Russian probe, and uh, he cut a plea deal uh, deal. And so the other news that will be coming from him as part of that plea deal is going to be, I think, exciting. Hmm. And so we'll leave it that on there. Um, Capper, yeah. Brennan, Capper. Yep. Yep. The truth <laughs> will set you out. free. They don't hang out together anymore. There's a reason. They're turning on each other. Yep. And, and that's uh, good to see. Yes. And many times, uh, Phil, you have asked what the left has had on Judge Roberts, Justice Roberts, right? Right. I think we touched on it a little bit. Guess what? They find out that he and Bill Gates shared a flight to Epstein's sex island. You mean Bill Clinton? No, but Bill, Bill Gates. Bill Gates? Yes. Oh, Seriously. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Sick perverts. Yeah, I guess you can't you can't really be a conservative if you're not living your life that way my, too. My idea was that Bill Gates went to see if he couldn't help out those poor young girls as part of a charity. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you, you know my thought on that is uh, my, my friend Phil, the other Phil, he he always says that they can find a way to get to anybody, and what uh, what it appears is that uh, Roberts was gotten to for just that reason. Yep. 
Well, well if you goes, live your life cleanly and godly, you don't have anything that anybody can hold over you. Well, let's just face the facts. The morals of this nation, when our Supreme Court justice is trying to hide the fact that he was running off to uh, an island of underage girls for some tryst, uh, sponsored by one of the most corrupt men in the country, Epstein, um, and, and those who knew him, supported him, it just shows you how the morals have declined in this nation. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. Well, you remember the famous honeypot traps in Moscow, right, during the Cold War, yep. where somebody would get lured to an apartment and the girl would be there and the pictures would be taken. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't pictures of Roberts, but how he got there might have been very innocent. What he did there once he got there might be a different story. So a guy like Gates says, hey, my friend Epstein, this financier, says, hey, let's go, you know, reputable guys, let's go to this island. And he gets there and all of a sudden he's thrown in a honeypot trap. He may be a good guy who got trapped, but now it's being held against him and, oh, oops. I think the news on Epstein's Island was out for a long time and what it represented. I really do. I don't think that Roberts went there with any innocence, but that's my opinion. We don't okay. know, you know, God's going to be the judge of his soul. But unfortunately, you know, his actions here trying to hide this instead of saying, hey, look, I went there for this reason and I didn't do anything wrong. You know, he's just been he he's just simply been not the person that they thought he was when they appointed him. Go ahead, Phil. I think if time for an immediate call for re resignation of Roberts and let's elevate Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court uh, to, to the head chief justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, well, that, that, that could be a possibility. Um, yeah, except that we're in an election year and they're and they're trying really hard to keep even even RGB on the bench because, you know, she's she's freaking a, an animatronic like like the uh, country bear jamboree at this point. I don't think she's even alive anymore. I think they just stretched her skin over something, but they're not going to let. They're trying so hard not to let President Trump appoint anybody, and they're yeah. hoping to win the election. Well, you know, at least one thing for RGB, after after they declare her dead, she can always be uh, uh, a draw at Disneyland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she'll continue to vote Democrat. Yeah, she will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, she's doing it now. So... Uh, we have to admit, we now live in a nation where it's okay to murder your child in the womb. And now, not just in the womb now, now they're stating if it's a botched abortion and the child's born alive, they have to just sit in a quarter and let it die. They're trying to. There now are there are states that are a lot. New York. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, the, the Born Alive Act failed in New York, and now they can put the baby in the corner and let it die. That is insane. We live in a nation today that they they celebrate same-sex marriage, and yet a heterosexual marriage yeah. is disparaged or looked uh, mocked on TV or mocked in the movies. It's looked down upon. It's not celebrated. Um, they have class warfare. They create laws for different groups that are standing for things that no no human being twenty years ago would have stand stood for. Our nation is. Declining, but we're seeing this throughout the world too. Ireland passed same-sex marriage before the United States did. Yeah. Uh, what is the uh, ruling that uh, allows for uh, 
transgender men to have abortions, transgender <laughs> women or somebody to have abortions. Trans yeah. women, yes. You know, I don't even know how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, poor, uh, Ed, this is, poor Ed, his, there his, <laughs> eyes, his eyes are getting ready to roll back on his head trying to figure out how in the heck that would work. What? He's just shaking his head. I mean, yeah, it's so, it's so, it's I, so, uh, it's so uh, unusual. I, I mean, it's hard to even ask the question that you hear about it because, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just bizarre that well, it's somebody beyond would, common would be sense of any kind. Yeah. All That's right. The, so, a few weeks sad. ago in this country, we had an earthquake in an area where we don't normally get it. I guess it was like a South Carolina, a South Carolina, category four or five earthquake. Um, we pestilence. <clears throat> Insert the name COVID nineteen here, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and we got a a lot of other things coming. I mean, let's face it; they're saying swine flu's making a round again. They're they're talking about Zika again. They're talking about all the ones we've had in the past. Now are all concentrating in twenty twenty. That, that's pestilence. We uh, we see hatred. Go ahead, Ed. Well, next will be Zool. I'm just waiting for the return of Zool. And for folks who don't make that understand what he's talking about, that goes right back to Ghostbusters. I wish I had that soundbite ready, you know. <laughs> the end of the world is Matthew 24. Yeah. Yep. It's the end of the world as we know. All right. We got Walter. Walter, put your seatbelts on. Uh, Walter's on the line. How you doing, Walter? Hey, doing great, guys. Hey, I'm glad you started out with an admonition from Matthew 24. Mm -hmm. uh, the part it mentions about many shall come in Christ's name, saying, I am the Christ. Yep. I think it's a lot more subtle than as many interpretations, two camps, two interpretations possibly from that passage. One is, many shall come in his name, saying, come to me, I'm the Christ. Follow me, I'm yep. the Christ. In other, in, in other words, when we think of that, we think of some wild-eyed, uh, dreadlocked, Nappy-headed person on both sides, white or black, it doesn't matter, with dreadlocks, with spooky-looking, red-looking, drunkard-looking eyes. I am the Wait. Christ. Follow me. Yeah, like Zool. Here's the other um, camp. You know, Here's the other camp. You make a good point on this, Walter. Just hold on. Just let me just comment on that. I'll let you get some more in. Is the word Christ, the anointed one, when they're coming, they're not necessarily going to say that they are they are the returning of Jesus. They're going to say they're the anointed one, that they're their salvation. They're the salvation of the world. There's going to be a lot of coming in, people coming in stating that they're going to be the savior of the world. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, sorry, did that come out out loud? Um, yeah. Uh, Telling us that we have, that, oh no, you can find God in other ways. So we're going to have a lot of people saying that they're going to be the way for world peace. They're going to be the way for salvation of mankind. Uh, I mean, re remember uh, Obama, they, they were toting him, he, he was going to be one of those saviors. Um, we, we, uh, we create new saviors all around on who are, who's going to save this world. I think for us to just get the idea that it's going to be people coming saying that they're Jesus is, is kind of wrong. I think it's going to be people coming professing to be the salvation of this world if we just follow them. What, hey, well, I think that about, it's also going to be people uh, professing. Bin, what about Osama bin Biden and uh, his teammate, uh, Kamala Jezehel? Yeah. That's right, I said Jezehel. 
not Jezebel, Jezebel. What about people putting their hope and trust in there, in these two people? Oh, Lord, save us from, they save us for Trump. We finally got our two savers to save us from Trump. You know, that's another side of it. But look, there's another camp that says, it's going to be more subtle. I am the Christ. People saying that, that's right, he is Jesus. I believe in Jesus. You believe in Jesus? I go to church. You go to church? What church you go to? I believe in Jesus. Yeah, he is the savior. But as time goes on, the real them comes out. But I want to say something hey, yeah. about uh Thanks, John. Walter. I gotta let you go. That's the hard music, but thank you for calling. It's always great to hear from you. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on Wham. And I was waiting for dogs and cats. I was hoping you could find that part back. Let's hear that one more time if you got it. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yes. Beware when dogs and cats start living together. In the same <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> folks, we're back. Um, looking at society today, Ed, have you seen a decline of morals? And if you were to describe the decline in morals, if you saw one, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Is that a rhetorical? How would you describe it? Yeah. Well, I want I want you to input on what you see in this world. As far as as far as what's happening, let's say elections or or anything, moral decline in this nation. I see a world that a pastor from 1950, unless he was a past, a, a, a you know, a prophet, would not recognize. Dogs and cats living together, men and women living together, marrying, uh, abortions being performed. Uh, I said, my goodness, communists walking the street parading and beating up normal citizens with no government intervention. I mean, no, this is, ah, life is normal. Yeah. If this were Babylon, maybe life would be normal. Yeah, and think about this. There's actually groups that are trying to make it, and call it child abuse for a parent to teach their children about Jesus while at home. They're trying to call that child abuse in this nation. I I firmly believe Matthew 24 is knocking on the door. What about you, Phil? Uh, <clears throat> I say it's um, it's it's a perfect snafu. Um, you know we we uh, we've uh, we we've allowed uh, the abnormal to absolutely take over, and I believe it. You know I talk about it all the time that we we live in a two tiered system now where the politically correct can say anything and push anything off on the public and get away with it. And uh, hopefully this, this thing that happened with the president will be the catalyst to get us, swing us back toward normal. Because if, if this thing blows up the way that it should, there's no reason why this couldn't be the linchpin to set the, 
get the clock back to on a normal course at least get us going in the right direction. They keep saying that we we are on the wrong course with President Trump. But my goodness, uh, if if you look at before this this co- uh, Corona nonsense happened, we were we were so soaring high. I mean, sky rocket high. And those doggone guys were trying everything they could to throw this man out of office. You know, when they say we're on the wrong track, I want you to understand the track they want us to be on. And that is a track of we lose the nuclear family, morals go down the tube completely, we have a complete hysteria and and hatred towards anyone of faith. It's another step closer to to socialism. Gaylene, okay, I'll let Ed and, Ed and Phil, what do you think about I think that, you know, part of what's going on with our moral decay is, I mean, it's schools for one thing. And everybody says, oh, you can keep taking the prayer out of schools. But, well, guess what? You've also taken it out of your home and that's a choice. Yeah. Um, but the other the other thing is that people are so easily duped because of revisionist history and a refusal to educate themselves and that we hear things like these crazy churches teaching ridiculous things but it started with soft with soft things you know like oh well we should we should take care of this and we should do that and we should do something else and and you know kind of this this weakening of people actually behaving with the authority of the bible at, behind them to now where we have churches preaching that 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 Jesus sacrifice on the cross was divine child abuse etc and it's really easy for people who don't have enough control of their own brain cells and of what's going into them to allow themselves to be misled and i think that that is a big piece of where you know, and they're allowing their children to be misled. And that's those are the things that I think have started the moral decline. All right. We got uh, Ed, you had your hand up as Phil was speaking. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure I went around the table first. Go with the callers. All right. Uh, we have, let's see, Joe, you want to talk about uh, fake Christians? Yeah, you mentioned false prophets, and that reminds me of the Geraldo interview with Trump the other day, and Geraldo balking at Trump basically saying Biden is against God. Uh, and, of course, the libs-only response is, well, he's a devout Catholic. Yeah, right. Ignore his abortion stand, and it's not just that. But you're kind of more going into Matthew 23, 16 blind guides, 17 fools, 23 hypocrites, that's Biden, 33 serpents and vipers. Today's fake Christians would unfriend Jesus on Facebook because he's too judgmental. And, of course, that's a whole other story. They only quote the first seven words of judge not and ignore the rest of that scripture. Very good. Thanks a lot. Gary. Hey, my friends. Love how you doing? Love you, brother. Hey, Gary. Hey, guys. Hey, hey how's it I going, Gary? I want to go back to um, you know, Pope Gregory when he put out the seven deadly sins, because the... Mm-hmm. Uh, or cardinal sins. The uh, left, the communists, want to normalize these because now greed, that they do that with simple things like uh, keeping up with the Joneses. Lust, we can't escape lust. It's everywhere we go. It's the uh, yep. uh, sexualizing of our children. Um, pride itself has become a byword 
for perversion, a sloth, mm-hmm. everybody just sitting around collecting a check. We got Envy, which was the uh, one percenters and all that nonsense. Gluttony, uh, they're promoting uh, plus-size models and uh, um, promoting, uh, uh, you know, just being overweight. And uh, Wrath, of course, is the uh, hatred of other people, which we see rampant running through our society. So all of those things have been around for a very long time, but the left is just promoting them and trying to make them uh, virtues. You make a very good point there, Gary. Uh, just on this is because they state there is no definite black and white, right and wrong. Um, that it's it's all subjective, and therefore, yeah. what is wrong for one person is fine for another. Well, when when thou art God, when you are God yourself, then you can make your own rules. Yeah. You know, I, I know atheists do that all the time, you know, because they don't put God into making the rules. They have to define their own. Ain't that right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you have the choice in your own mind to decide what's right and wrong. But there are certain rights and wrongs that are delineal. You cannot just choose it. It is self-evident, right. such as the murder of a child. I agree. You know, I was just poking you a little bit. but Of course, <laughs> of course you were. You're absolutely right. Um, there, there is. Unfortunately, we've we've come into a world that they call a post postmodern or a post Christian world, in which uh, they don't want to have uh, morals set in stone. There is no right. There is no wrong. It's everything is subjective. Because if you can make everything subjective, then you can get into anarchy and uh, and have the people looking forward to it. And that's the uh, bottom line, why they want to persecute Christians, because Christians have a, or supposed to have a moral center, and they feel, and I'm uh, projecting this out a little bit, they feel that they can't face those Christians because they know what they're doing is evil. So if they eliminate mm-hmm. the uh, judgment, then they feel better about themselves. Yeah, and as, as Joe said before, I wish he'd spend a little bit of time reading the rest of that verse, because then he says, do not give unto dogs what is holy, which means that the Christian has to make a judge of that person before they give them, they have to make a judgment call. Um, yeah, and we, well, in last, Corinthians, we're found thing. all over the place that we are called to judge. We just cannot, well, we cannot, we do not have the power to bring someone to damnation. That is, with not within our power. We cannot judge someone to that level. Right. And that's what it starts getting into. Well, one last thing. Um, you're supposed to judge so finely that if they don't want to hear the truth, the scripture, then you knock the dirt off your sandals and move on down the road. That's how you quickly got you can make that judgment. You know, because you make statements like that is why you are always in my prayers, Gary. <laughs> you know, Thank you very always. much. See I you love guys you. all later. Bye now. All right. Um, Ed. Uh, I wanted to get back to you because you did have your hand up when Phil was talking. Uh, so, well, it wasn't um, response to Phil in particular, but it was spoken of earlier about all of the, uh, well, particularly that thing about men having, um, what was it, men having abortions? Was that it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the transvestite thing. Yeah. Or transsexual thing. Yeah. The whole thing is that there's there's so much stupidity out there. So much illogical nonsense that's being presented as, oh, this is normal, that it gets people so confused and mixed up that if they have no moral base, that's part of their whole plan for destroying us is to confuse us 
I mean, the Bible speaks of confusion. Yes, it does. You know, just before I call on Phil, just to just to bring this point very much across, do you remember Obamacare? It actually included that men had to be covered for abortions too if they got pregnant. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. Uh, the uh, the the question that I had was, uh, wasn't um, Adam assigned a task? Wasn't he? Wasn't he the keeper of the of the orchard or keeper keeper of the? We'll call it a garden because that's garden. What the, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, he was he was he was to, he was given work before the fall. Isn't that amazing? That and, and, God and knew Eve, well that we needed to work. Eve, Eve was his helpmate, right? Yeah. And what was her task? Was, was to help him. Yes. To help him. Uh, that was that was her task. Is to be the word there when when it talks about Eve in in the creation and when you break it down in the Hebrew, it makes it to where she is she is when she was created to be his equal to be his side. Side. She was also created in the Hebrew to be a challenge him to make sure she was going in the right direction. And I'll get to you in a second, Ed. I see you. And to, but he was a help. She was a helpmate to him, which means to help him in every way. She was also created that so that Adam and Eve could go forth and be fruitful and multiply. That was another job that they were both given to work together on. Everything in creation was for her to be a helpmate to work in every avenue with him. Go ahead, Ed. She was there to make him a sandwich. Wow. <laughs> I rushed through I rushed through my statement just to get to that sandwich comment. I and, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, but, Ed. But, it's a good but, thing but you're the, across town. <laughs> <laughs> but the women today rebel against that, right? They don't want to be just a housewife, or our our. But a housewife what? is not helpmate. No, that and and there were stuff that happened after the fall, and hey, I didn't write the Bible. There there were positions <laughs> and stuff to happen after the fall, but you know what? Society doesn't want a nuclear family. It's not just that they don't want a woman to stay at home and be a mom. And, and you know what? If, if, if the world could support, if a household could support themselves on one income, I think there's a lot of women that would prefer to be a stay-at-home mom. I, I, I really believe there's a lot of them that would. I agree. But society today does not allow for it. But it's not just the woman that they downplay their role in. Look at what they've done to the man's role in the household. For a man to provide for his family, men used to be portrayed as housekeepers. You know, wait until your father gets home. And even in the Donna Reed show, Dick Van Dyke show, men had a role and they were not, they were not demasculized for being a man. Today, look at what we have representing fatherhood on TV. It's disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. Go ahead, Homer. Gillian. I'm sorry, Ed. Go ahead, Ed. Just saying Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I American Dad, uh Homer Simpson, all that stuff. Go ahead, Gillian. You know, we're talking about the insular family and about, you know, the position of women and the position of men, which is scriptural. But it is up to those families to decide what it means for a woman to submit to her husband. In our family, I work. You know, that I provide for our family. That is submitting to my husband. And 
I think that if people understand that it's a partnership and that it is up to the husband and wife to decide how their partnership works, then they're going to be a lot better off. I mean, we can sit here and point fingers and judge and say, hey, you're not living a Christian a Christian marriage. And we actually had somebody who told us that once. You don't have a Christian marriage because you work outside the home. Uh, excuse me, that is not the case. It takes both of our incomes to survive. And not only that, you know, it, it's it's a matter of we have an agreement on how we live our life. Right. But, you know, I think that, that the destruction of the insular family has been going on for a long time. And in schools, they are taking and rewriting children's books and rewriting their school books so that mom dad, brother, sister, sibling relationships have been changed or removed from the textbooks. Yeah, anymore they get books like Johnny and His Two Mommies and stuff like that. They do, and they, yes. we're not kidding. I mean, they really, they take out references to families because they don't want single parent households to feel bad and they don't or want- same -sex parent Or same-sex parent households to feel bad. And so what they're doing with the normalization of abnormality is making making wholesome things wrong. Right. You cannot you cannot support you cannot support a family. You cannot support uh, a woman carrying uh, carrying a baby to 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 tell is born. Do you know there's groups out there that we all support? Family Life Services, Sela House, and uh, uh, Arbor Arbor for Women, who they they have to now tell young girls that they offer them uh, an alternative to abortion. Remember, remember <laughs> that's when just abortion sad. was the was the abnormality. Yes, and now abortion is considered the normal, and carrying a child to term is the abnormal thing. But you can't say normal. No, because that implies that implies abnormal, abnormal, but you can't say abnormal either because that implies that it exists. Yeah, that there's something strange. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, we live in a nation. You were talking about the president earlier, Phil, and uh, why why um, he's taking us down the wrong track, and that's the worry from the left, and they they'll make comments. I don't understand why the evangelical right can support Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, Donald Trump is trying to bring an end to abortion as we know it, as we see it. He's trying to allow more freedoms for the Christians to not be persecuted in their faith. These are things that he's doing to protect Christianity. And, and we as Christians approve of that. And then they'll make up this garbage while he's locking up babies at the at the border. And no, that was Obama. That was Obama, folks. Get over it. You and know, you know what? We should not be. We should not be trying to get this. We should not be trying to entice people to break the law, whether it's to come over here illegally or why they're over here to break the law. We have people in government enticing people to break laws, breaking them by rioting, breaking them by coming over here illegally. Our president wants to be a, of law and order, and that is contrary to what the left wants. 
You know, the other thing that's so funny to me about this is I'm sure you guys have seen the Pence commercial out there where he's talking about we're going to take our taxpayers' money and buy American products from American manufacturers and make American jobs and blah, blah, blah. He He's just like three seconds away from saying make America great again, which mm -hmm. is really funny because when Trump says this, America first. You're talking about Biden. Yeah, Thanks. that's but when Trump says it. Yes, I did mean I did mean Biden. I apologize. Um, but when Trump says it, they're calling him a xenophobe and mm -hmm. and calling him ridiculous and everything else. And now Biden is trying to campaign on exactly the same thing that President Trump He's is doing. He's actually plagiarizing President Trump's speeches on when it comes to American products and American-made things. Yes. And uh, but Biden, Biden's known for being a plagiarist. Yeah. And, uh, yes. And numerous other ridiculous yep. things. And uh, but the uh, Democrats made that type of thing um, popular with John Kerry. You remember he, the statement that he made? Uh, I was for the tax cuts before I was against it. Yeah, this is what the Democrats do. They constantly figure out what is the expedient thing to do. And once they see that uh, they had to change the position on it, they act as if they were the ones that. That that made it made All it. All right, folks, we're 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 now fifty. We're coming up towards the end of the show. Let's try to see if we have enough for a one minute spot for each of us. Um, Matthew twenty four knocking on the door. Ed, is it I'm knocking on the door and why? I Matthew twenty four was pretty much particularly geared towards the Christian Church in Jerusalem. There's a prophetic element to it, but for the most part, when he tells them to flee to the mountains. He's not telling us to flee to the mountains. There's nowhere to flee when Jesus comes back. You've got nowhere to flee, and people are going to they're going to try and hide in caves. We know that from Revelation, but you won't have Jesus telling them to, to you know, right. pick up your babies and run. The pestilence but, and everything else and all. Like, can I claim things. the other 30 seconds of my time? Yep. <laughs> I claim <laughs> In 19, you know, in 1967 and 1968, we saw the same kind of uh, unrest that we see today. We saw riots. We saw Democrat leftism at political conventions. We saw a lot of a lot of what we see now. And then we saw a populist rise up and ask for that law and order candidate, Richard Nixon. And they got him. They voted for him. All right. Phil, Matthew well, 24. Are we, are, are we in the end times? I, I think we are, um, but um, I'm not sure how long that end time is going to last because I, I think that uh, as long as we put the right person in the office, I believe that uh, it will look like we're back on the right track. And uh, so... Uh, that's the that's the only thing. I mean, because we don't know exactly when that is, but if we if we if we uh, get them if we actually get back on the right track, uh, that feeling of 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 the end being close would would go away. So if I'm kind of hearing you and Ed right, and if I'm wrong, you can nod your heads and let me know that is we might be in the end times, but there might be time. There might be time for another great awakening. This may not be the end times. Is that what I'm hearing from both of you? I, I yeah, that's that does it for me. I think that's about correct. Well, that's I hear that more from you, but I'm Ed. No man knows the day. It could be right. we're getting warning. They thought it was coming a thousand years ago, but man, the last generation would see Israel restored. 
So we've got to have a hope that there might be another great, great awakening. Absolutely. Yep. Gillian? I, you know, and honestly, that's exactly where I wanted to go, and I'm glad that you did. It's it's scary how much we think alike sometimes. Um, the Great Awakening, and I really believe that if every single person listening to the show and their families prayed regularly every day together in and and in unity with other Christians, that we can take back our nation. I do believe that. And taking back our nation is the beginning to reclaiming our world. And so you have to awaken yourself. I mean, I'm not talking about being woke. I'm talking about awakening to the Christ and to the message of the Bible. Yep. And real quick on on all this. Um, uh, hey, the great evangelist uh, D.L. Moody said when he called for a revival, he said, let it begin with me. Uh, hey, if there's going to be a great awakening, let it begin with me. Each Amen. one of you have that same prayer coming out. Um, 8 p.m. every night. Ed, great idea. 8 p.m. every night. Every it's, night, pray it, for the nation. It's a national Yep. It's a national movement. Very good, folks. That's the music. I love you all, and I'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. Listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio, 